Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gorez. And we have programming and an amazing guest. What a day, Christopher. It's It's been a, an eventful 24 hours for sure. It has. We saw each other yesterday, did an amazing photo shoot. A shout out to our guy, Javi, who came through, uh, who That's is right. incredible. Uh, we have just like, honestly, if the one picture that we have from that photo shoot was all we got, I'd be thrilled. But he's got even more coming. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to get prettier and prettier on social media. And it's all thanks to Javi. Right, exactly. Um, so today's guest, before we get too deep into talking about ourselves here, is Kristen Holmes. She is the Vice President of Performance Science at Whoop. And she, we just got done talking to her. She goes right into the upper echelon of smartest guests we've ever had. Like, she is brilliant. Um, the, the type of research and data she brings to this conversation is amazing. And I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I learned stuff that I'm going to be able to implement today, which is always my favorite kind of conversation. It's just great. It, it speaks to the quality of guests that we get, right? Like, we get somebody like a Kristen Holmes or a Michael Cummings or Dr. Perry Nicholson or Sean Pena. Like, it's cool to be able to talk to these people because, like, that's – my learning that's my mentorship that's my seminar that i go to and that's my continuing education is the the conversations that we have on and offline with these type of people i mean we are so lucky to be able to call these people you know absolutely and that i've said that for years is is i actually had a, a new trainer at one life ask me recently she goes what's the best continuing education you've had? Which is, which is really a great question. Uh, as you're trying to sure. learn and, you know, we always talk about how the, the most dangerous trainer in the gym is the one who just got their cert and thinks they know everything. So here's someone who <laughs> got their cert relatively recently and is already trying to learn more and trying to up her game. And I was like, to be honest, the podcast that I host, and it ain't because I'm oh. on it. It's because I get to talk to all these smart people <laughs> all the time and, and ask them questions right. and learn more on a weekly basis for at this point, by the way, happy anniversary, four years. What? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Four years ago, we sat at that little, Br not Brambleton, wherever it is in Ashburn. Brambleton? Yeah. Broadlands? Broadlands, whatever, somewhere Ashburn Village. What was what was it? Was it a Pete's or was it still? I think still... it was Pete's. Yeah. Pete's Coffee. It was a Pete's Coffee. I said, hey, how do you uh, feel about starting a podcast? You know what it started with? You know how it really started? It started with happy privilege. That's where it started. <laughs> you remember that? I do you remember, remember that. that. It's funny because okay, that's you, one of I the few times in my professional radio career I got I got called into the principal's office for being a little rude to a listener. But you, you know what? It, it, uh, very rude to that listener. It, it was great off. though. I was a, I, for whatever we, what was it? It was something about it was, like it was when Cap was protesting. It was all right. It, it was. Cap was protesting. There was some sort of Muslim ban or something like that. Something had just happened to Thawne Maker uh, on the plane. And then I was in Florida for the Pro Bowl with Zoe. Mm. And Zoe was telling me about, like, you. And, and like, you had just tweeted something because there was something about, like, who's going to be new strength and conditioning coach for the Redskins or something like that. So I decided to listen to the show. And you said some to some guest something about happy privilege. And I was like, oh, shoot, let me call this dude. This dude is... <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So four years later, here we are. Here we are. Told a, told a, a white dude who was uh, sitting on some privilege that he was enjoying it a little bit too much. Got called in the, the principal's office, uh, but also got a call from Chris Gorez. So here we are. And four years later, uh, before we get to Kristen, 
you can now really train with us. You know, we had this That's train right. with the best podcast and that with was doing a whole lot of work, but here we are now you can go to train heroic and you can train with us. Uh, we have four day a week programming strength and conditioning as we've talked about a bunch over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's some mobility in there as well. So you get a little bit of everything, um, build up your injury resiliency, build up your strength, build up your performance. Um, Chris programmed the, the first block. I'm going to get the second block. So in three weeks, uh, it'll change up, but you kind of build on the same program yeah. progressively overload it'll what we got and then change it up and, and fill in the gaps. And I think that's one of the big differences between what you find in a lot of online programming and, and what we're going to offer is ours is going to evolve over time and build on itself to ensure that you get a full complete program and you're, you're constantly getting better no matter when you start and how long you stay with us. That's right. And I mean, look, it took, it took me a year in the pandemic to finally pull the trigger. And when I say pull the trigger, I mean, finally make it live, right? Because we've had this stuff in the works before and, you know, we just wanted to make sure that it was dope, right? Mm -hmm. for, for lack of a better word, right? Like when you look at this, you're going to say, wow, this is, this is cool. It's easy to use. It's, it's, it's fun. The workouts are informative. The workouts are useful and beneficial. Anybody can do it. Um, but we, we are going to program it in there for, all levels, right? So it doesn't matter if you're just starting out and you want to lose some weight. If you're a former football player like me, I've, I've reached out to a lot of my former teammates and said, hey, look, you guys are always hitting me up for workouts. Here it is. Like, this is a, a great way for you to start just moving again instead of going in there and thinking that, hey, like, I'm supposed to, like, bench press 10 sets for at 225, right? Like, no, you don't have to do that to, to maintain strength, right? Like, so – this is this is just a great way for us to to share some of the stuff that we're doing, uh, engage with some of the listeners, engage with some other people as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about this project. And, and again, like I, I'm excited about the quality of the product that we put out because, as you know, I'm not just going to put something out there that I feel like, hey, let me just get out there with everybody else who's doing it. Like I want to make sure that when we say train with the best, it's because yeah. you got the best that we could offer, right? It's not just like, Hey, like let's put this together quickly. No, let's put this together the right way. For sure. And, uh, I was about to say that if you didn't like, it ain't called train with the mediocre. It's called train with the best. So we better not suck. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here are the details. You download train heroic, uh, you go and search for train with the best. Uh, we're in the communities portion of the marketplace and make sure when you check out, you use the code pod P O D. Uh, cause we are like, anyone can find this program on train heroic. And if someone stumbles into it, great. But for you, our listeners wanted to make sure we gave you a little bit of a, a hookup. So 20% off, and that is on both the monthly price. So uh, you go from 25 to 20 a month. Uh, or if you want to go annual, uh, it's two fifty for the year, normal price. So I believe that should go down to, to, to 200. Is that how that math works? You're the math. I don't, I don't do math. It's 250 for the year normally. And then 20% off would be 200 for the year. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you want to sign up annually, uh, it's 200 uh, off the bit and you save yourself a couple months. Uh, so do that, do that. Uh, and we'll see you on train heroic. Um, and not just do that, but when, you, when you're on the app, the great thing about the app is you can make comments. You can, mm -hmm. you can, you know, like let us know how, how you're feeling about the workouts. If it was fun, if it was too hard, if it was too easy, even when we, when we went live last night, I had already received within a few minutes, I received uh, a couple of emails and texts saying, Oh, I love the new workouts that we're going to try this week. Can't wait to, can't wait to hit these up. I'll let you know how it goes. So, 
yeah, people are already on it. People already are, are already using it. So don't miss out. It's a great workout. Love it. Love it. So again, the code P-O-D, uh, as in pod, uh, that'll get you the 20% off. Uh, make sure you send this to all your family and friends who are looking for online workouts as well. And uh, look forward to seeing you there and interacting with you there on top of all the ways that we already do. Also, if you want a direct link, uh, I put one in my link tree on my Instagram bio, and I'm sure Chris will do that as well. Uh, with that... Let's get to Kristen Holmes, uh, VP of Performance Science at Whoop. This was an incredible conversation, and it is next on the Train With The Best podcast. The Train With The Best podcast is powered by Super Coffee, quite literally right now. Christopher, you have one of the new flavors that I haven't tried yet. They keep introducing, I've covered all my bases. I've tried every Super Coffee product, and then they introduce a new one and, and ruin my 100% batting average. Well, I, I beat you to it. This is the new Super Coffee. It's the, it's the cold brew. Uh, it's the sweet cream. And let me tell you something. This is money right here. This is it's it's the perfect amount. It's got great flavor. It's got my plant protein. It's got my caffeine that I need to get through the middle of this afternoon. Um, it's only eighty calories per can. So this is this is my perfect afternoon snack instead of going to Starbucks and giving them. Uh, I think I have like a thousand Starbucks gold stars or whatever points that I'm never going to use. And guess what? I'm probably never going to go there again because this <laughs> thing right here. This is going to be my go-to from now on. They're going to take something like 5 million pounds of sugar out of the American diet this year. I'm trying to find the number. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's 5 million pounds of sugar out of the American diet this year by people switching from frappuccinos to exactly what you have in your hand right now. And that is nuts. Uh, nutrition very important. So make sure that your coffee is not screwing yours up. 10 grams of protein in every single super coffee, some MCTs from coconut oil to keep your brain function sharp, as well as, of course, that caffeine help you make sure, make sure that you're awake and alert. And you can get some right now for 25% off using the code TWTB. That's TWTB at drinksupercoffee.com. It's all from Key2 Life Incorporated, who reminds you that if you can change your energy, you can change the world. The Trend with the Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. Update, Christopher, you got Momentus product. You talked about it on last week's ad. How much better has your life been this week to actually have protein to recover with and all the other things that you got? Yep, I got the protein, which is which is great. It's delicious. I've got the creatine that's going to help that helps me get through my workouts, and I've got the the performance elite sleep that helps me get to bed at night. So I'm I'm covered all the way around, and and if you need that in your life that I suggest you go to Momentus. They don't call this man a genius for nothing. Go right now to livemomentus.com and use the code train with the best 25 when setting up your subscription order. So you get 25% off your initial order and 15% off all your goods after that from the elite sleep to the creatine, to the collagen, to every single protein variety whey or plant. It's all 25% off your first order, 15% off the concurrent with the code train with the best 25 because if you're going to train with the best which you can now do on train heroic you better recover with the best and that's why we choose momentous a quick note of transparency and full disclosure before our conversation with Kristen. I am a Whoop affiliate, meaning I have a small financial relationship with the company. I was a longtime Whoop user before I ever was a partner with them because I believe in what they do. I believe that it is a quality product. I believe in their research. As you'll hear from Kristen, everything she talks about goes through the full scientific process, peer-reviewed studies, all these kinds of things. So hopefully that doesn't take away from the interview, but 
in the interest of full disclosure, I felt that was an important thing to say. So with that out of the way, here's our conversation with Kristen. Our guest today on the Train With The Best podcast is the VP of Performance Science at Whoop. Uh, She's also a co-host of the Whoop podcast, where I have learned quite a bit from her. We're happy to welcome in Kristen Holmes. Kristen, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us here on the pod. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Craig. So I've been using Whoop now for a couple of years, um, and, and I'm always curious, uh, the people who are involved there, we've obviously gotten to know Michael a little bit um, through Sarah and, and our relationship with Momentus, but what's your background with Whoop, and, and what were you doing before you uh, got into this really rather incredible company? Yeah, so I've been around, uh, gosh, for five years now, so it's it's been a while. Um, always been very interested in, in technology as a way to foster human performance. So prior to Whoop, I was at Princeton University where I was coaching and teaching um, and using uh, in my coaching environment, using a whole lot of technology to try to you know quantify performance and recovery and a lot of the things that we uh, we capture here at Whoop. Um, but every all the the kind of technology that I was using really fell short. Um, because in all the data that I saw, there was no real correlation between what was happening during a training session, for example, or match play, you know, during a kind of a maintenance phase. So during the season and next day capacity. So it became very clear to me that it was not just these two hours, but it was very much the other 22 hours of the day that actually had the most influence on next day capacity. So this in- kind of incredible, you know, moment of insight led me to really try to, uh, you know, I guess go down. I guess I went down the rabbit hole pretty deep um, in develop, developing my own technology at at Princeton to try to really understand. You know, how can we actually quantify these other twenty two hours if they're so important and they're actually the the thing that dictates your ability to kind of show up tomorrow? How do we better quantify that? How do we better understand that? How can we you know derive those insights to, to really drive behavior in a way that allows you to perform more consistently and stave off in injury and illness and all the things that when you're trying to win championships you you don't want to you don't want to have in your path for sure i think the most interesting thing that i've, I've always kind of wondered with, with whoop um is like what part of the formula is it because the whoop formula in itself gives you a recovery score every day right but then you also have how your body feels and, and i'd love to dive into a couple of different things as we go here of how different things you do throughout the day affect your ability to as you say perform um like you wake up with a low recovery score what can you do to to perform a couple hours later um what, what are some habits and behaviors and things like that but as you you know you're obviously an athlete as well um as you kind of look at your whoop data on a day-to-day basis, how, how do you use that as part of your self-evaluation or how should athletes be using it as part of their evaluation on exactly what you were talking about, their readiness to ultimately do what they have to do? Yeah, I think the, the place to start is just, I guess, understanding that, um, you know, we're all trying to adapt to our environment in as optimal way as possible for most folks, right? Who get on the whoop platform, like that's what they're interested in, right? Is, is really figuring out, okay, how do I adapt to external stress in, a, in a, the most functional way possible. And that's what recovery actually measures is your adaptive capacity, right? How well you're adapting to external stress and then forward facing, okay, what is my capacity today to mentally perform, you know, uh, at whatever task I'm doing. So that's kind of what whoop recovery helps summarize and helps you understand. In terms of how to action that, you know, if you are, you have like, there's just like fundamental things that you need to be doing <laughs> in order to have, you know, consistent to be able to kind of consistently perform to your potential, which would be, you know, if, if you're training uh, really hard, for example, um, and you're really functionally overreaching consistently, 
i.e. your strain exceeds your capacity or your recovery, then you know, you've got a big delta. That means that, um, and, and you're consistently, you know, kind of lower on the recovery spectrum. That means your body isn't necessarily adapting as well as it could be. Now, if you're trying to get fitter, that stress is important. So, you know, but it's a fine line between non-functional adaptation and functional adaptation. And that's what kind of using the, the stoplight, you know, measure, if you're at the bottom end of, uh, you know, the, the lower kind of threshold of yellow, or maybe in the red, that means your body's probably not adapting very well to the, 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 the stress that you're putting on it. Um, and that could be training stress, but that could be a lot of other factors. But let's say you're doing all the other things really well, you're sleeping well, you're, you know, you're getting outdoors, you're um, managing psychological stress, you're, you know, eating well, hydrating and sleeping, then then it could actually be your training. Um, so, and if that's the case, then, and you wake up in kind of that lower end of the spectrum, then it makes sense to, to dial back the volume and intensity that day of your training, keep your strain kind of low, um, check all the boxes that I just mentioned in terms of, you know, the physiological and psychological stuff that we know influences, um, recovery and, um, and then see how you show up the next day. So that's like one example of how you can kind of think about the data as it relates specifically to training. Um, and then I can dig into all the other factors that I just kind of mentioned and in, in kind of what their uh, taxonomy, you know, is it uh, is in terms of their how they relate to HRV and just in whoop recovery. Yeah, Kristen, I think this is really interesting because, you know, especially as new technology comes out, the the general population looks at stuff like this and they say, wow, this is for elite athletes. And I look at this and it's something that is actually probably more suitable to the everyday athlete because of what you just said, right? Like for somebody like me, who's 38 years old and I'm used to doing the football workouts that I did 20 years ago, my body is not 18 years old anymore. It doesn't recover the same way. It doesn't respond the same way. And I don't have a game on Saturday. So it's not like I have to get this workout in because this is the only day I have to get it in. Right. So with our pro athletes, yes, of course, this is valuable information, but it's not like we can change the schedule because they're not recovered that day. Right. Whereas a a normal adult, like why why can't you and why wouldn't you? Well, let's say, let's say if you have a game today, you have a game today. Well, yeah, but you, but you can use the data to, you know, I was was coaching for 17 years, you know, like you, you absolutely 100% can, you know, manipulate okay. training volume intensity to like peak of course. game day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. I'm talking. Yeah, training training volume is 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 one thing, and yes, we can we can alter the training days. But like, if it's a competition day, they don't yeah, move you, back the semifinal or no, the final no, 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 because hey, you haven't recovered, right? right so, right. but if you're not playing in the final that day, and your whoop tells you, hey, maybe you should take a day off. I think that's valuable information for for the everyday athlete like me now, right? Oh, without a doubt, and and I think to even like. <laughs> you know, go run, you know, someone who's just literally doesn't even consider them an athlete. I think these data are incredibly powerful, right? Like, I think, I think if you, you bring it down to like the most basic level, it's just like we all, if you're a human being, it's in your best interest to understand how you're adapting to external stress because how you adapt bestows a survival advantage. And assuming, you know, we all kind of want to live long and, and healthy quality lives, like see our kids, you know, get married and, you know, whatever, like, it, you know, understanding how you're responding and adapting to external stress to me is kind of is, is everything, right? And you can't, we're at a point in, you know, with kind of technology and the quality of, of the data and, 
you are just at a point where we don't need to guess anymore, right? Like there, there's, and, and there's pieces of insight that are just fundamental to like being like a thriving human. And, and one of those is, is sleep. And then, you know, the other is understanding, you know, your capacity relative to your, your output, you know, your cardiovascular output, you know, these things are just to me, a hundred percent fundamental. Like it doesn't matter if you're, you know, LeBron James or Pat, Patrick Mahomes or Roy McElroy, or you're just like the mom who's on elliptical like three times a week, you know, like, I, I think like right. this, infer- this insight, I, I think is, is fundamental if you're, if you're just a human being. Yeah, I agree. Kristen, one, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been with the company for five years and it's always amazing to me to see the growth of technology and the growth of just anybody as a, a professional, right? And the things that you were doing five years ago, May, may not be the same as what you're doing now. And the things that you're doing now may not be the same in five years from now, right? So yeah. how, 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 has the, how has the company changed or how have you changed um, since your beginning at Whoop? Yeah. I mean, I think just me personally, like having exposure to my own data and, you know, quality data. Um, I mean, there's no question that I'm a happier, healthier version of myself, you know, that, mm-hmm. than I've ever been, you know, like I, I don't think I've ever really been healthier. Um, so, and, and I think it's just, you know, been this kind of this incredible journey of just building my awareness, um, psychologically, physiologically kind of understanding, you know, what, what serves me, what doesn't, you know, being able to kind of crowd out the stuff that's not working and, and just bring more into my life of the stuff that is working and to have a quantified, some quantified insight into actually what's happening to me has been just for me personally, just has been, you know, amazing kind of being a part of the company. Um, you know, and then I, I think just as an employee, just, you know, just kind of having the opportunity to, to be inside so much data over the course of these five years across all sorts of different types of folks, you know, from frontline healthcare workers to, um, to military, to professional athletes, to corporate executives, you know, and being able to do research and, and understand, you know, how behaviors impact the, all the metrics that we're tracking and, you know, be able to kind of have a, a God's a God's view of these data. And, and, and as a result, I think have a, a pretty strong point of view on, on how behaviors actually influence your capacity to adapt. So I think, I think for me, like that's been like, just an like unbelievable privilege um, and, you know, just honor to, to kind of be inside these data and, and be able to have the point of view that I do around human physiology and, and human performance. I love to dive into that process a little bit more because when I look at my own data and I'm trying to figure something out, like, okay, my HRV is on a downward trend over, you know, a week, nevertheless, a month, two months, I try to look back and figure out, okay, what are my behavioral changes, whatever, but that's my own personal data. You're doing that obviously on your own, like you mentioned and figuring out what works for you, but with everyone's data. So, and in this massive amount of information you guys have gathered as the company has grown and the number of users have grown and, and you get obviously the more data you have, the more accurate the trends. So how, how has that played out over the years of you guys noticing certain things, diving into the cause and effect and, and the correlation and causation type of relationships? Yeah. How, how does that research typically come about where you guys, and I'm sure it's happened probably at warp speed over the last year with everything that's yep. related to COVID of people being more sedentary, the COVID itself, the vaccines, you guys have done so many, you know, deep dives into some of that information. So how, how does it come about that you and your team dive into some element of research? Is it noticing a trend and going from there? Do you guys seek things out? What is that process like? Yeah, gosh, such a great question. And we approach it two different ways. Um, so as it relates specifically to COVID, um, you know, I'll give that that's the most recent example. Um, 
we, you know, we're faced with this pandemic. We realize very quickly that we have this opportunity to look at um, all of our data and see if there is a signature in in the data. So we reach out to our members. We ask them if they want to. We we let them know that hey, we're going to be doing COVID research. You can just you know if you want to be, uh, you know if you want to take part and and you have and you end up testing positive COVID, just toggle toggle here. And then as a result, you know we end up having lots of positive tests that we can look at and, and start to understand, you know, what are the signatures around that? And that's where, you know, respiratory rate ended up, you know, kind of emerging as the canary in the coal mine, you know, where respiratory rate was, is very much a, a signature of, of COVID. Um, in fact, you know, 80% of the time, three days before symptom onset, we're able to, you know, with your, we're able to detect um, a, a positive COVID test, um, which is, which is kind of amazing, right? And, and that's just really, hey, we've got this problem, uh, you know, facing humanity, like, let's dig into our data and see what we find um, and get our members to kind of go along and, and be citizen scientists with us and, uh, and allow us to, you know, access to that data and, and to look at it. Um, the other thing, you know, so member data is, is definitely a way for us just to, you know, we can get in there, we can mine it, we can look for, you know, another one that we're looking at is, is um, understanding like what predicts resilience. Um, and, you know, we're able to find a signature there. Um, resilience you know, as measured by, um, you know, kind of heart rate variability and resting heart rate and how that kind of trends and what are the, what's the one behavior that emerges in, you know, you know, over hundreds of thousands of millions of sleeps, right? Like what's the one thing that kind of emerges as, um, as the, the, the kind of mother of all behaviors. Um, and I can tell you if you want. Yeah. We, we would like more information always. That is, that is a thing that is good <laughs> yeah. for us. So it's, it's sleep, sleep, wake timing is kind of what's, mm. what's, um, what's, uh, what's come up in the data, which is, which is awesome. And, and that will lead me, I guess, to the next point of the other ways that we, we do research is then is going out and seeking um, uh, research partners to help us understand, um, you know, some of the stuff that we see in our own member data or where there might be gaps in our member data. So um, if we, you know, for example, wow, sleep weight consistency um, is really key. Let's see if we can go out and validate this with an external partner, um, you know, in an observational study. And, and that's what we're doing with the U.S. Army. So we're able to kind of seek that that partner out. Um, you know, other areas that we're really interested in um, that we can't measure on or, you know, or just look at through our member data is um, cognitive capacity. Mm -hmm. So we partnered with, um, you know, a global research, one of our research partners, um, and I say global, they're kind of all over the world, our partners at this point, um, but we uh, put together a team to, to look at um, sleep, heart rate variability, and executive functioning. Um, so working memory, executive functioning, and what kind of signature in the data um, and we're able to use a Stroop, um, you know, a Stroop test and MBAC uh, to basically, um, you know, measure working memory and, and executive functioning and then kind of look and see what the signatures are. So this is a six month study. So we end up with loads and loads of data. Right. Um, and we we I can't talk about those results because they're in the process of um, we're in the process of, of finishing analyzing and then we'll submit to peer review. But um, very, very interesting. And I can tell you that you know, sleep and HRV, I guess, predict executive functioning and working memory, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, not surprising, but you know, it's right. great. It's not something we could, we could necessarily um, understand just through looking at our member data. Um, so those are just a couple of examples of, of how we mine our own data. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, where we go outside and, and find partners to kind of um, help 
layer in, you know, other measures, um, you know, in, in this case, uh, Stroop and, and back to, to understand um, how that, you know, how that might relate to some of the metrics that we, we track on Whoop. One of the, um, I don't know, inconsistencies, um, I don't know if that's the exact right word, but I'm going to use it temporarily. Um, because it's it's not inconsistent with like the way Whoop is designed, but one one of the things that is that doesn't make sense on a very surface level is right. You go through a very hard, say, uh, strength training workout. Um, like I think of solid core that that I do with my girlfriend who coaches there, and it is a super intense hypertrophy workout where my heart rate typically doesn't get above one ten. And so the strain level is very low on whoop strain category versus I go run for 10 minutes and it could be nice and easy, but the strain is going to be higher because my heart rate is elevated. And for a wearable that is based in heart rate technology, that makes all the sense in the world. But the way my body is going to feel and potentially recover afterwards is obviously not going to be a direct straight line to those two data points. So I'm just curious as someone who knows this data as well as anybody and constantly is, is working with these information sets, how you would process, um, I guess, the dichotomy there and and things that you would recommend in terms of recovery strategy for those very different kind of stimuluses within the context of WHOOP and the data that's available. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it definitely is tough where you're like, God, I just like crushed myself in the weight run <laughs> right. and I didn't get credit for it. I know, it's like super frustrating. It's like my body that feels is- like a bomb went off, but WHOOP said I got a four, so that's cool. You know, <laughs> right. Fuck. I know it's like pretty annoying. Um, yeah, so that's definitely actually, you know, it's a huge data science challenge, mm-hmm. you know, on, on so many levels, right? To try to figure out like how do we provide our members, you know, because you're not alone, obviously. Like there's a whole lot of folks, you know, who, um, you know, wish we could do a better job quantifying actually what happened in the weight room. Um, there were, we, we don't have a great answer for that yet, but it is something I can tell you that we're actively um, trying to work on. Right. I figured um, that's it, why I asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely like a, a huge challenge. Um, and I would say, you know, using, you know, this is, a, might seem a little archaic given that we're into quantifying everything, but, you know, just like your, you know, subjective measure of like soreness is, is kind of a good indicator of, um, you know, how you might need to modulate things a, a bit. Um, I will say that, Soreness will, because it's, there's inflammation and inflammation is going to influence your autonomic nervous system. It will manifest in heart rate variability. Mm. So that, that definitely is like a, a good checkpoint to, to kind of just stay in touch with is that raw HRV number is a good way to understand what that workout might've done to you. And just understand too, that it might, it might lag like 24 hours with a really hard weight session. It's like your body has to catch up to that, um, to that stressor. Um, so the raw HRV number, I think is, is a really good, good way. The day after a really hard workout is, is a, is a good indication of, um, of how you're adapting, um, from that stress. Um, so I think that that is probably one way to think about the data. Um, in terms of recovery modalities, you know, there's after a really hard weight session, the best thing that you can do is take a nap. Don't have to tell me twice. I know that is like yeah, literally yeah. the best recovery amplifier. Um, when you've had a really, really hard session or you're going to have double sessions, a nap in between is the best as long as it's before, you know, 2 PM. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important because anytime you don't want to, you know, mess with your, your nocturnal sleep at all. Um, sure. so as long as it doesn't in, in, you know, pinch on that, but, um, but a nap is like one of the best recovery amplifiers. Um, and then the, the other, um, recovery technique that, that really, um, uh, you know, it's proven to mediate heart rate variability. So the idea that, you know, after you do a weight, uh, a heavyweight, um, session, you're really activating the sympathetic branch of the nervous system. And if you really hit it hard, there's going to be a lot of cortisol in the system. There's going to be, you know, still epinephrine and adrenaline. And, um, one of the ways to kind of, um, uh, you know, buffer that is with a technique called uh, resonance frequency breathing. Mm-hmm. It's actually the only breathing technique that allows you that actually mediates um, heart rate variability. So, and there's some, some videos, if you just Google it, there's some, some good videos that you can follow along um, just on YouTube, uh, you know, that, that can help you find your resonance frequency. Um, but that actually is, um, is kind of a proven way to mediate heart variability. And then just breathing, you know, mindful breathing in general. Um, this is mm-hmm. you know, another example of a research partner we sought out. So you might be familiar with Dr. Andrew Huberman. Um, he's a neuroscientist out of Stanford. Um, if you don't follow him on Instagram, you absolutely should. He's like just unbelievable. Like my, literally my favorite scientist. <laughs> he's just like insane, but we're doing a research project looking at um, different breath, different breathing protocols, which I can't reveal, but, um, and we're basically trying to create kind of a taxonomy of our classification of, of these different uh, breathing protocols because that none there, there really isn't one right like one that's kind of scientifically validated um right. so we did the study we did we four different protocols we have a control meditation and um and we were able to actually see you know which of these breathing protocols are most efficacious in terms of modifying heart variability and sleep architecture so you know these are things that you know we do this study because these these works because we want to improve our own product right and build these features into the product um and uh you know these are all things we're, we're kind of thinking about and and trying to ways that we can build into the the product so then you can use it to, to do all the things that you're you know you you desire which is to recover faster um but any type of breathing you know protocol throughout the day for the most part is really going to really buffer you know the some of the stress and get right um, that parasympathetic uh, effect going, which um, is going to help you recover faster. So, you know, even so not just from, you know, psychological stress, but obviously from the the physical output that you've just um, put your body through. Real quick to follow up on that, Chris, before you jump in, um, this go yeah. kind of circles back to the, the first question I asked, like, how quickly can some of those adaptations happen? So say I wake up with a 19% recovery in an HRV that basically says I'm dead, but I want to be able to work out that day. If I take a nap or do some of these breathing techniques, like, can I feel good about working out later that afternoon and, and making up for some of the, the recovery that maybe I didn't get? Or is it a day where I still probably should taper uh, my intensity, volume, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, no question. Like never, you know, I, I always try to, you know, when I write anything or, or, you know, uh, go on podcast. I, I try to get folks to not think about, you know, it as just like a single day value and mm-hmm. you never, you don't need to action the single day for the most part. Um, it's really, you know, look at the lat, the trend over the last three days and use that as your gauge. So if you've gone three days in a row and you're in the red and you're, you just can't get yourself out of it at that point, a hundred percent of your body is telling you right. unequivocally, Right. Yeah. Like shut it down, man. Um, but to your point, like that is not a night you want to go out, 
you know, and party hard, right? Like, mm-hmm. or you're just going to extend your red day, you know, for right. 40 more hours. Um, but yeah, that's t- exactly, you're going down the right path, you know, take a nap, like do the breathing, do some meditation, do, and it doesn't, you know, a light bike for 20 minutes or a walk in nature. I mean, these things have all shown to kind of be performance enhancing. And I will say that one of the mistakes people make is they're completely inactive when they've had like the red day, but right. really you need that circulation. And there's a right. you know, kind of a sweet spot to that, but a 20 minute bike, you know, a 30 minute walk, um, you know, again, getting outside in nature, like it, it, the, those are, you know, things that, that really do go a long way, um, both mentally and physically and, and are, are going to get you back on the right path. I would say, nutrition you know, too, I, you know yeah. obviously cannot leave that out. Yeah. Like absolutely sure. core, right. Of course. And yeah, it, it, it's funny because, you know, Craig and I are just launching this new, uh, online programming and, and we were talking about how do we program in this recovery and just gave me all these great ideas. I mean, you've mentioned it. I know I've spoken with Dana Santas about breathing. Um, nice. A good friend of ours, Brendan Geyer talks about breathing a lot. I mean, it's yeah. just that, that routine that you have, like you have your cues throughout the day and getting into that habit of, Hey, if I feel like I'm stressed out, I have a routine that can calm me out or help me chillax or whatever it is to yeah. refocus my energy. Sharing with the Best Media is proud to continue our partnership with the Washington Spirit. Yes, we are back with another season of Catch the Spirit, the official podcast of the Washington Spirit. And on last week's episode, I caught up with Bailey Feist and Tori Huster from training camp down in Florida for the latest on the move to Virginia, how the team is coming together, and everything preseason as we head full steam towards the NWSL Challenge Cup. Make sure you check out Catch the Spirit anywhere you find this podcast. Yes, all you got to do on any of these same podcast apps is search for Catch the Spirit, a train with the best media production. With that, back to our conversation with Kristen. One thing I did want to ask you about is what we've talked about on this show in the past is that Yerkes-Dodson curve, where there are high performers that perform at a high level when there is high levels of stress, because they actually need that stress to be able to perform. You know, think of Obviously, it's 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 a, a bad idea to compare anybody to a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant, but these are people who notoriously didn't sleep and were always stressed out and always had a ton on their plate. Does Whoop do anything, or have you done anything into that research to show, like, hey, like there are people who still perform at high levels of stress, and does does the data or or does the Whoop adapt to that type of person? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and I think the the way to maybe consider that phenomena is is this like we you're gonna have folks like a a, a kobe a michael jordan um uh you know uh jack dorsey yeah I, he may he might sleep i'm trying to think of a, an executive who notoriously um, yeah <laughs> our, our our tesla ceo um that's a good one. right Right. Yeah. So Elon, so Musk. These, Elon right. Musk. Yeah. So these folks are, um, although I, I hear Elon Musk is actually starting to get more sleep. So that makes me happy, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there's these folks who are, who are just already really talented, right? They've hit the freaking genetic lottery. Um, they've got a tremendous mental and physical capacity. They've got, um, skills and expertise that they've been, you know, nurturing, uh, you know, through high end, you know, t- teachers and coaches and, whatnot. So they've got the genetics, they have the skills and expertise. Now they're already like, because of where they sit genetically and what they've had access to, they're, they're coming in They're They're, they're going to be elite compared to everyone else. Right. Sure. Right. Um, but I guess the thesis here is that 
they could maybe be even better if they were leveraging what we know is fundamental to the human experience right. and human performance, right? So you cannot, sleep is non, it's not negotiable, right? Like sure. that is a behavior that if, if, if you are not optimizing it, you're leaving something on the table. So Kobe, Alon, and, um, and, and Michael probably, I know it's hard to imagine because they're so talented and we're so successful, probably left something on the table by not optimizing their sleep. Right. Well, I was actually, I was actually more interested in like, if there's a way, and I'm just wondering, you know, cause we know like, so for instance, we do these, we do these measurements on the Kaiser squat where we know, Hey, if the weight is too light, if the weight is too heavy, they're not going to maximize their force output. We have, we know that there's a sweet spot in the amount of resistance that we have to use to optimize yeah. the amount of power that we can create. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a way, you know, with, with all this data that we're getting where individuals could know like, Hey, like there's a way for me to maximize or optimize, you know, the level of, it sounds weird, but that level of stress that you actually sometimes need to be able to perform. Yeah. And, and I think that all kind of manifests in heart rate variability, you know, like we, we okay. can, so I, I mean, I think that's, that's the marker, you know, that, that mm -hmm. I think folks can like, focus on to understand if they're adapting in a functional way. Like you can, so I, I think like stress is not a bad thing, right? And, and I feel right. like we've gone down the wrong path um, in our society to try to inoculate everyone from stress. Like that's not, <laughs> right. that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's like idiocy, right? Like stress right. is unbelievably helpful, right? Because we can't, if we don't put stress in our bodies, we're never going to grow and in in adapt. But there is, I think what we're getting at, there's a sweet spot of adaptation, yes, right? Exactly. And exactly. That, that is what heart rate variability measures is, am I adapting in the most functional way possible? And I guess my previous point is you can't adapt in the most functional way possible without a foundation of really good sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that's like the core kind of your sleep behavior is kind of the core to, to really being able to optimize that adaptive capacity. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to perform. And right. um, but but over over time, there will be a cognitive physical decline that I can't necessarily perceive. Right. And maybe I'm just so talented that people around me can't perceive it because I'm just that much better than my peers. But I think my point is, is that there's no question that you're invariably going to be leaving something on the table, right? If you're not kind of creating this foundation of, of lifestyle behaviors that we know from all the science that exists out there are yeah. core to adaptive capacity, right? Um, and then, you know, and then quantifying it in, in some way is also really helpful, you know? And, and I think that's that's potentially what what could have been a mess. And, and I think the opportunity with HRV is 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 just that you know considering how yeah. much of sports performance is mental as well decision making specifically I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fascinated to see the results of this executive study you guys are doing too and how that all yeah. interplays that because that obviously will translate right back um chris and I, I we're running short on time so i wanted to wrap up with this last topic um and last question and it's one you might not have expected on two or on a podcast hosted by two dudes but um as two trainers of a lot of female athletes um i know you guys have been doing a lot of research around cycles and um it recently just added a feature uh whether uh, an athlete is on 
her period or not, they can mark that. But I'm curious once you go even deeper as, as a female athlete goes through her cycle, what you guys have found about recovery um, ability and recovery strategy kind of uh, at, at the different points within a cycle um, and, and how, again, strategies to maximize the ability to perform for an athlete as she goes through um, as she goes through her month. Yeah. Um, you know, there, I'm not sure exactly what I can, um, we're, we're in the, uh, we're in the, we're in the peer review process of that paper. Gotcha. Um, so I I think I'll just maybe talk high level. Um, yeah, but I think, uh, and hopefully we can revisit this at at some point. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, because I think there, you know, different phase of your menstrual cycle, you are going to respond to training differently. There's no question right. about that. And I think the opportunity that we're going to be able to leverage with Whoop technology is that we're going to be able to give our female folks who identify as female, um, who have periods, you know, we're going to be able to help them understand, um, you know, what could be optimal types of training to engage in to really leverage, you know, their hormonal status for that, that phase. Um, so that's, really, I think that the opportunity that we're going to be able to provide, um, our female members and, and their coaches, um, for, so folks like you guys will kind of have a better, better insight into, you know, what, when they're going to be in a phase of their cycle where they can really, um, you know, where they're going to be able to lift their heaviest, right. Um, yeah. you know, when they're going to be able to sprint their fastest or, you know, have the most endurance, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think for, for me, this is like kind of an epic moment, you know, yeah. a, a piece of the puzzle that has just been certainly was missing for my entire athletic career. Um, yeah, you know, for sure. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and to, to, yeah, I think to be able to kind of have, have these insight and guide training and, and, you know, um, in kind of harmony with, with what's happening, um, hormonally is, is, uh, is just like an, an unbelievable opportunity. Yeah. I think there's combining that with the nutrition research that's happening in that space as well is going to be kind of the Holy grail of, of the two. Yeah. Oh, I know. And we, we've got, um, a pretty big study going. Um, so we've got this one in peer review, uh, where, and, and Stacy Sims is the, one of the, is the principal investigator on the, on, um, uh, was kind of a lead scientist on the, the, mm. the whoop member data we did. And then we, um, then we also kind of saw an outside partner, um, we're working with, uh, Florida state university, their sports science, um, outfit. And Stacey Sims is also, um, author of roar. I don't know if folks who don't know Stacey Sims, she's just, she's, uh, kind of one of the premier thought leaders in, um, in female physiology research and has done a, a ton around nutrition specifically. Um, so the study that we have going, um, we've got UNC, South Dakota, um, Nebraska, uh, Florida state and Howard are all participating in this and it's uh, sport technology, health and performance enhancement, um, using technology to determine athlete physiology and recovery. And we're looking at like all the neurobiological indices of menstrual cycle dysfunction um, in female division one collegiate athletes. So it's kind of going like another layer deeper. And, and within this, we're looking at, um, at meal prior to bed and how that influences, because this is one of the things that we've seen in the data. So this is a great example of, okay, we see this phenomenon happening in the member data where, you know, food close to bedtime seems to have a deleterious effect on sleep architecture and, and next day recovery. Okay. So we've observed this phenomenon in our own data and it's like, all right, let's see if we can test this in a controlled study. So we're basically part of the studies. We're asking all of our female members, you know, to basically list what they're eating, um, you know, before bed. 
um, within three hours of bedtime. So um, we have loads and loads of data of, you know, what actually what folks are eating before bed. Um, so we'll be able to better understand, you know, what, what how that component actually imp- influences sleep and then um, recovery. So another, yeah. uh, another thing yeah. to look forward to. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I really look forward to, to what you guys find because yeah, I think getting some, some hard data on, on this topic specifically, because there's just so much out there and, and everybody agrees that it's something. Uh, yeah. Everybody also agrees that it's not everything. It's just yeah. how much of something is this, right? And like, what yeah. can we do that's going so to well actually make a, a positive uh, a, a difference without just like making it up, right? So, and this is why I love, yep. you know, Chris and a company like yours that can say, hey, look, this is what we think. Let's let's test this and let's let's find out what the data says and not just hypothesize and and, and think that this might work, you know? Yep. Totally. I mean, we're, yeah, definitely same page there. Yeah, I think it's yeah. an awesome opportunity to create some scientific understanding on what's actually truly Huge. happening in response to training. Yeah. And, and how, uh, how adaptation, ha- you know, actually happens yeah. in this different time frame. Mm-hmm. So yeah, super exciting. <laughs> Indeed. And, yeah. uh, we'll have to have you back at some point down the road when that study comes out and, and dive into that deeper, uh, for the meantime, Thank you. This was sensational. I uh, was really looking forward to this. Um, it, not only as a Whoop user and someone who's tried to use the data himself, but as, as a listener to your podcast as well, you guys do a great job and always have interesting guests. So I uh, really appreciate the time today and, and look forward to hopefully catching up again down the road. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. Kristen. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. This is great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks again to Kristen Holmes, the VP of Performance Science at Whoop for joining us on the pod today. If you'd like to follow her on Instagram, it's at Kristen underscore Holmes 2126. Make sure you're following Whoop as well at Whoop. As for us, the programming again is live on Train Heroic right now. Download the app or check the link in either one of our Instagram bios and use the code PODPOD at checkout for 20% off. And again, if you'd like to check out Whoop and get yourself a Whoop, go to join.whoop.com slash Hoffman and you can get your strap and membership going. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Again, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you like it. If you found this through Kristen or Whoop, welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Craig. He's Chris. We appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman and at Trainer Gores. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Train With The Best podcast. Until then, stay well.